0: In today's episode, on who are you, where are you, and what are you, I'd like to ask you a few questions which I normally ask my students. And the first question is, where is your mind? Now, most people will answer this question well, my mind's in my head. Some people will say, my mind is in my heart. And they'll point to their chest region. And then I'll say, well, if I looked in your body with a microscope, where would I find your mind? And then there's normally silence. Then I'll ask another question. Where are your thoughts? And the answer will most invariably be, well, my thoughts are on my future. And I'll say, no, where inside your body are your thoughts? And then there'll be silence. And then I'll say to them, If I had to look for your thoughts with a microscope, where would I find them? And then I'd normally get uh, the answer. um, Well, you know, if if we do an MRI or we do a CAT scan um, and we uh, uh, analyze the brain when people are thinking, we can see the thoughts. And is that true? Because what's really happening is we're seeing the result of a thought, or we're seeing a thought being processed by the brain, but that doesn't mean that that is the thought. And then I will ask this question, are you thinking your thoughts? And then the answer will always be yes. Now, to understand this fully, let's explore the mind a little bit further so where where is your mind if I had to look for your mind under a microscope where would I find it and um, you know the answer is it's a paradox your mind is everywhere inside your body and nowhere because if we looked for it, we wouldn't find it. But the thought is, uh, well, the mind, should I say, is everywhere in your body. If I had to say to you, um, how would you feel if I asked you this question? do you think that I could change your organ function by getting you to experience an emotion? And sometimes I'd get the answer yes, or sometimes I'd get confused faces. But the answer's yes, because um, if I gave you a big enough fright, you'd have a heart attack. Or if I made you afraid enough, you'd actually pee in your pants. So fright affects the heart, and as we know from Chinese medicine, the small intestine as well. And fear affects the urinary bladder, but also the kidneys. But what about worry? What would worry affect? Well, the answer is the stomach, that's why we get ulcers when we worry but the stomach and the spleen are part of the same organ function, organ system and so it would affect the spleen as well. Uh, the same is true for the lungs and the large intestine and the emotion is sadness or grief. And the liver and the gallbladder's emotion is anger. And quite interestingly, When uh, I've noticed this over the years, that women, especially women, and it's not because they're women, but because it's because uh, men are invariably the cause. And I find this uh, with a lot of women who are, you know, above the age of 40, even 30, who have been in a marriage for quite a long time. And the marriage is ended, and they end up in bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness. And, you know, if they don't let go of that bitterness and that anger, and if they don't forgive, within six months they lose their gallbladders. Bitterness is not an emotion that we can hold on to for very long, because what will happen is the gallbladder will develop gallstones so large that you'll have to remove the gallbladder. And once you've lost your gallbladder, ask anybody who's had their gallbladder removed, you have to make quite serious diet changes. So anger and unforgiveness are not things that... We were designed to hold on to. We don't forgive because other people deserve to be forgiven. In most cases, a lot of people, we would find it almost impossible to forgive. Uh, Pedophiles, for instance, come to mind. There seems to be a lot of anger and unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment towards people who, are, who have this illness of um, sleeping with children or, or abusing children. But anger and bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness will affect the liver and the gallbladder very severely. And so we need to forgive because if we don't, it affects our health. And so forgiveness is a gift we give ourselves, not others. So, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I've spoken about five organ systems here. And those are namely the heart and the small intestine, with the emotions being fright and joy. Then we have the stomach and the spleen, with the emotion being worry The lungs and the large intestine with the emotions sadness and grief. And then we have the kidneys and the urinary bladder with the emotions fear. And then the liver and the gallbladder with the emotion anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. So these five organ systems made up of two organs each make up 10 organs within the continuum of the flow of qi in the body which I'll speak about in a different episode uh, entitled the nature of qi. Um, But these organ systems need to be functioning uh, clearly and without blockages in order for us to have mental, emotional, and physical health. If one organ out of these ten organs becomes toxic, that would then be a blockage, and it would then upset the continuum of the flow of qi, which means that qi would not be able to flow through the continuum, um, freely, and this would cause many problems. So that's my discussion on the continuum of the flow of qi. Now how does this affect our mind? Well, our whole body is our mind. You know, we've just discussed how our organs are actually our sensory part of our sensory system, which we would call, part of I would say, part of our ESP, because we don't think with our brains, we don't feel with our brains, we do so with our bodies. I noticed over the years when I've inserted needles into people, that they would cry suddenly, for sometimes 45 minutes at a time. And when I ask them, are the needles sore? And they say, no, the needles don't hurt at all. I just feel incredibly sad for no reason whatsoever. And what I notice is that the lungs are actually releasing sadness, which means that people can actually store emotions. And storing emotions is storing a blockage. So, an organ can become toxic of an emotion, and that would be uh, an emotional toxin, which would then be a blockage. But an organ can also become physically toxic, and therefore, conversely, we would then struggle with those emotions which are constantly present, which would (laughs) uh, invariably affect our mental health and also our physical health. So again, let me ask you the question, where is your mind? Let me ask this question, are you your mind? Are you your mind? A lot of the time people say yes. But the reality is is that we are not our minds, because our minds belong to us, that's why we say your mind, we don't refer to you as mind, we say your mind, in other words, it's a mind belonging to you, and so you and mind are two separate things, your mind, your, the your part, means that you are separate from your mind, there is a quote, um, unknown author. The mind is a wonderful servant but a terrible master. What does, what does this mean? It means that if we do not take control of our minds, our minds will take control of us. So, again, where is your mind? Well, it's nowhere. And it's everywhere. Uh, However, if we had to close our eyes and I had to ask you to imagine a banana, the banana would appear in our heads because that's where we would see the image of a banana. Now, the image of of, of a banana and you are two separate things because... You are the one that is looking at the banana. You are not the banana. So are we our thoughts? And obviously the answer is no. And therefore if we are not our thoughts, we are not our minds. But are we the thinker? Are we the ones thinking our thoughts? And no we aren't because it's our minds that are constantly thinking and that is the challenge is to silence our minds silencing our minds becomes incredibly difficult when we're trying to um, meditate or to take control of our minds Um, but at the end of the day our minds are our tool And so, therefore, we have to become good uh, students of um, using our minds as a tool. So, if we are not our minds, and if we are not the thinker, and we are not the thoughts, then are we our emotions? No. No. Our emotions, again, are a tool that we are supposed to be using. Are we? Are um? Are we are memories? No. There are memories. They are not us there are memories that belong to us there are memories that we can access and view but they are not us we are the viewer so again who are you and where are you this is an interesting question because it's basically theory from this point onwards Because where would we be connecting to? And some would say the spiritual realm. Some would say that we're a a video game player somewhere using our bodies as avatars in a world that is a giant hologram, a giant illusion, and it is a manifestation of our minds And therefore our minds are a CPU running a program and that program is being projected into the holographic illusion, which we are a part of and are stuck in. While all of these possibilities could be true, the point is we don't know. But what we do know is that we are here and that we inhabit our bodies. So now with this understanding, we come to realize that we actually have a great advantage from this vantage point. What does that mean? <laughs> it means that we are an observer. Who are we and what are we? Well, I can tell you that we are the observer and we are observing our minds, we are observing our thoughts, our emotions, our memories, our bodies, we are observing The physical universe around us, we're observing other people, nature, we're observing everything. Every lie, every truth we are being bombarded with, we are the observer. And we are the chooser because we can choose. We have the power to choose and we have the authority to choose. And, but, you know, with this great responsibility comes consequences for uh, unpopular choices. And um, these consequences, excuse me, these consequences will be experienced in this lifetime. In this reality, in this physical world, whether in the next, if there is one, I can't comment on that because I haven't seen it. I haven't experienced it yet. And I use the word yet because it may be possible for me to experience it before I leave this physical existence of my life. So that's the answer to the question. Who are you? Where are you? But then let me ask this question. What are you? Um while we are able to choose and be a conscious captain of our lives. Um We're not able to choose what we are, because we are it already. And what we are, there are many theories of. I'll speak about the most popular, and that is that we are a spiritual being, having a human existence. And so we are connecting to this physical world from the spiritual And I use the word spiritual because it's a popular term, but there seems to be a paradigm that is different from the physical paradigm that we are connecting to. And that paradigm is referred to as the spiritual, but ultimately it is a different paradigm or a parallel universe Again, for lack of better terms. So now, with this knowledge, we realize that we actually have a lot of control over our lives. However, there are many things we have no control over. And this can cause us a lot of trauma. And can cause us uh, to lose our way and end up mentally, emotionally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, bankrupt and sick. However, the things that we cannot control, we have to just accept. Or we don't have to accept, because we have that right. I can choose not to accept Uh, the world around me. I can choose not to accept that a loved one that I love dearly has been killed in a car accident or something terrible like that. But the fact might be that that is a truth, and a truth is something we can never change. While some would say truth is uh, subjective, um... While the law may be subjective, man-made laws may be subjective, and truth may be subjective, there is ultimate truth, and that is not subjective. Some have discovered ultimate truth. Some say they have discovered the truth. And the problem with those that have not discovered ultimate truth is that they try to convince everyone else that they know the truth which is not truthful <laughs> so yes these are some some useful thoughts some useful information that we can use to empower ourselves and to help others find mental fitness, mental health and physical health because the mental affects the physical and the physical affects the mental. The body affects the mind, the mind affects the body. The body and the mind are inseparable, although they are completely separate. And because they are inseparable, because of this overlapping reality Uh, this overlapping reality causes major problems if we are not aware of it so uh, you know I'm recording this message at 4 o'clock in the morning and I hear my neighbours dog barking already which is madness however it's 4 o'clock in the morning I'm recording this and um, because it's a nice time it's quiet and it's a good time to meditate and think and when I say think I mean consciously think to choose my thoughts to choose my words wisely to see my day in advance to plan to sit and do nothing sometimes and just be, and just think, and choose my thoughts, and choose my day in advance. I think this is a daily practice that benefits a lot of people, those that have learned to get up early, Um, uh, because you just look at the most successful people in the world. They don't get up at 10am in the morning, they get up at 3am in the morning and they're in bed by 7 or 8pm at night, they might only fall asleep by 9pm, sometimes 10pm, but invariably they're up very, very early, because they've learned this principle and that is to sit quietly and consciously think. There's an excellent book by Shakti Gawain called uh, Creative Visualization. And there's a lot of theories and a lot of information around from quantum physicists and motivational speakers and law of attraction promoters and um, that is that what we think about we bring about what we think about and feel about will bring about so it's profitable to spend time sitting and doing nothing consciously thinking and with intention and emotion and forward planning uh, to creatively visualize our days, our months, our weeks, our years ahead of us. Because failing to plan is planning to fail. Now, this sitting for 45 minutes practice is something that people who have acupuncture, detoxification, learn. Because they have to. They have to sit there and do nothing for 45 minutes and a lot of people complain they want to play with their cell phones or they want to read a book or they want to sit and do something because it's just impossible for them to sit and do nothing for 45 minutes but those that yield to this new reality experience a certain sense of empowerment And what they achieve is a state of relaxation. A quietness, a calmness, which after the treatment, I'll say to them, how do you feel? And they'll say, relaxed. And then I'll say, when was the last time you felt this relaxed? And there'll be silence because they can't remember. it has been that long since they were this relaxed. So to have the daily practice of sitting and doing nothing, and when I say nothing, I'm talking about nothing. Not reading a book, not playing with your cell phone, not watching TV, not doing anything. Sitting and doing nothing. Sleeping is not sitting and doing nothing. Sitting there. Maybe with your eyes closed. But conscious observing your mind, listening to the sounds around you. And then, like a captain who takes control of a ship, steering our minds and guiding our thoughts and shaping the world around us. This is profitable. And this is something that people who experience acute detox learn and those who learn this lesson and make it part of their daily lives profit from it and their lives become far more successful. So these are my thoughts on who are you where are you and what are you? I hope I've been able to help you explain and answer those questions uh i'm welcome to i welcome questions comments please contact me leave comments um you can contact me directly via email and my email address is warren at acudetox.org.za or you can leave a comment in the podcast after this message This is Detox Academy podcast. My name is Warren Whitfield and each episode I'll be interviewing people who are experts in their field of health. Why? So that you and I can become healthy and strong and live long. Welcome to today's episode.